the influence of Buddhism and Christianity on Star Wars. May the Force be with us today as we dive deep into this topic. What's up, Story Geeks? I'm Sandra Dimas, pink-haired book editor and Disney-slash-horror movie fan. And we're in the thick of our Star Wars series here on the Story Geeks podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast provider so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. And with me to dig deeper into Buddhist and Christian parallels in Star Wars are Matthew Bordelin, author of The Dharma of Star Wars and The Zen of R2-D2, and Rhett Wilkinson, author of Star Wars is Still Intact, as well as my co-host Nick Duke. And we are here. Well, let's get ready, guys. Let's let's dig deeper into spirituality and Star Wars. Awesome. So Matt and Rhett, welcome. Thank you for nice joining us. Thank you. Nice to be here. And um, before yeah, we dive perfect. in, actually, let's hear from from you where where our listeners can find you. So let's hear from you first, Matt. Oh gosh, uh, the only place I think you can find me is on Facebook, and it's Matthew Bortolin, B O R T O L I N. Wonderful, and you, Rhett? Uh, Facebook, Rhett R H E T T Wilkinson, W I L K I N S O N, on Twitter at Rhett Wright. Um, with that's with without a W, just R at R H E T T R I T S. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, let's dive in deep now into our topic. So let's get straight to the point. When George Lucas sat down to envision his galaxy far, far away, he was clearly influenced by myth, Eastern mysticism, and even Christianity. So when it comes to Buddhism and Christianity specifically, how much do you think the spirituality and supernatural principles guiding Star Wars match with the teachings of Buddhism and Christianity? And um, let's first identify that you are both um, Buddhist, practicing Buddhists, correct? Oh, I am. Matt is. Mm -hmm. Matt Matt is, and Rhett? Um, I am somebody who is still searching, but has okay. uh, so, s- t- applies a lot of uh, my his personal uh, beliefs to Christianity, or excuse me, to Buddhism. Okay, mm-hmm. wonderful. So that 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 is a perspective that you two will be coming from, and then Nick and I will be coming from a Christian perspective. And uh, let's start first with Matt. So, do you feel like these these principles? guiding Star Wars match with the teachings of Buddhism and Christianity? Uh, Yeah, in a large part, I think they do. When you look at the dialogue of the Jedi, if you look at the movies chronologically, the first real full-fledged conversation we have in Star Wars is Qui-Gon talking to Obi-Wan about the present moment, the here and the now, um, mindfulness, concentration. Mm -hmm. These are technical Buddhist terms that you'll hear Mm -hmm. in Zindos all across the world. And beyond that, you've got Yoda telling Anakin um, that he must learn to let go, uh, Buddhist terminology, of the things he fears to lose, which echoes what Yoda told Anakin in The Phantom Menace. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And suffering is the first noble truth, the prime motivator of Buddhism. So mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you think, Rhett? Yeah, I think they match rather closely. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> Do either of you feel like Christianity is represented in any way? I, I see Christian aspects in it, but I would mm-hmm. like to hear from you. Yeah. yeah. You want to go first, Nick? Yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of themes that match up with Christianity. Like, you know, at its base, you have um, good triumphing over evil. 
Um, and also like mirroring uh, what you said, Matt, um, letting go of fear, anger, and hate. Um, um, there's also uh, redemption, uh, like redemption for past sins, um, like laying down one's life for friends, uh, for the good of the community. Um, and just like, you know, with the force being a higher power beyond understanding <laughs> and, uh, like the themes keep going. Yeah, I would agree. We, uh, what we see in kind of a bigger picture within scripture, mm-hmm. we have, you know, we have creation, we have the fall, we have redemption. And we see that in Star Wars. We do see kind of the origin of these characters and their moment of wandering and, mm-hmm. Um, their need for redemption and or their fall and then their need for redemption and then being in that redeemed state mm-hmm. even at the end where we see these kind of ghost figures yeah. um, showing that there's some sort of afterlife af- you know beyond beyond life on well we wouldn't say earth but you know where where they are in their galaxy so yeah absolutely I think there there are some correlations there for sure okay what do you think of the prophecy of the chosen one and all that relating to like a messiah figure sure absolutely you know we we can point to the coming of christ and the um well i mean the immaculate conception of oh yeah, right of right with anakin, anakin skywalker right. but then yeah. he is you know he was the chosen one but then look yeah. what he goes and and does mm-hmm. um yeah. so you know there's that correlation for sure where we you know there's this anticipation of someone who's to come and then it's in scripture it's the messiah it's christ Mm -hmm. but then we also see that um, later in scripture that there will be false prophets and there will be Mm -hmm. people who claim to be you know christ having returned Mm -hmm. and um the antichrist you know and that Mm -hmm. as well so those are some correlations that we can point to when we look at at star wars and then we see anakin Mm -hmm. and that's such a curious story there because he was supposed to be the chosen one and Mm -hmm. yet he goes to the dark side Mm -hmm. and then at the end gets redeemed and there we don't really see a connection between a messiah figure and anakin like biblically there isn't a character who has done that who (laughs) was who was a messiah other than then uh, other than on a technical level, which is like <laughs> he did destroy the Sith. <laughs> yeah. But right. he did a lot of destroying other things mm-hmm. <laughs> leading up to that point. Yeah. You know, he it, that's what's interesting about what's going to happen in a few days. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're rec- recording this, uh, the uh, episode nine will be coming out in just a few days. And now apparently we've got the Emperor. So he didn't yeah. really even destroy the Sith. Yeah, which kind of turns the you know the way I always saw the story upside down. You know, Anakin was <laughs> yeah, the, that's, the, the hero, and now like I don't know what he is. I I agree with that because now when I saw that the Emperor's back too, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then I thought, does that kind of undo? You know, what does that what does that mean for the prophecy of the Chosen One? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you know like An- really the Anakin's balance arc? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So one of the most kind of confusing concepts in Star Wars is balance. Um, so in your mind, and we'll start with you, Rhett, uh, when you look at Buddhism and Christianity, what does balance actually mean? And does it play a role in your spirituality? And if so, how? Balance is found between yin and yang uh, and opposition in all things. 
It's like uh, Luke told Ray in The Last Jedi when telling Ray about the Force being between mm-hmm. the opposites. Remember the first lesson that he tells her is she, she sits on the on that um, rock oh, where Luke yeah. later dies, and um, you know she he asks her to reach out and and to find you know and she finds cold and warmth and violence and peace, and he says between it all mm-hmm. is is um, the Force. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's it because there's balance between two of those, and so if you go through, uh, and 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 have that go between that, um, then there then there is the forces found, and I think the forces then there is the forces found, and I think the force is kind of the religion of Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I thought of the same scene when um, when you said this question. Um, it, it's like she says. Uh, there's a, she senses life and death, warmth and cold, and then uh, was peace and violence. And she says, be, and between it all is balance. And Buddhism points out that these things that we typically see as opposites, life and death, peace and violence, are really two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And they coexist as part of one, one big reality that can't be broken up into disparate parts, but it, it are in fact um, deeply interconnected. And that's this balanced state. And when a mind that sees that clearly is said to be in balance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely um, we do see that. We, you know, from what little I know of Buddhism, that seems to, to fit there. Mm-hmm. I think of, for, from a Christian perspective, I think of Ecclesiastes and a time for everything and a season for everything. And yep. we see the, these contrasts of, you know, time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, to uproot to kill, to heal. And so we kind of see this, um, (laughs) Nick is, is pointing to the fact that that was his point as well. Um, (laughs) that, that we do see that there's a recognition of, of time for, um, contrasting things. And it's really, you know, not one or the other. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the balance and the way I see it. And I think, even beyond that, thinking about like our spiritual walk, that balance is, you know, loving God with our heart, mind, and soul. And so it's, it's, it's combined efforts. It's not just, um, like one thing heavy, heavy on one side, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a balance of how we approach like as our whole being, Mm -hmm. that's how we approach our faith and thinking not only about, um, from our mind and our heart, um, with everything that we do that is, um, how we are walking out our faith and um and pursuing that yeah all i would add to that is just i feel like it's in our nature to desire balance Mm -hmm. um but yeah like you said in ecclesiastes 3 it's like there's a there's a season for everything so and it's also a good uh mamas and papa song is that the one Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really interesting as i think though about these um think about star wars and think about the comparison of buddhism and christianity i do really it's this kind of menagerie Mm -hmm. of different worldviews and i think that was lucas's intent that it's really Mm -hmm. to get people to think about uh these big questions and not to point to one specific faith but kind of give us a buffet of Mm worldviews in a sense yeah i think he said he wanted people to question the mystery Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's how you put it. And mm-hmm. yeah. And it does. I mean, it, the only thing that undoes that is uh, 
the prequels when he introduced midichlorians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and says, Guess what? There's The answer is midichlorians. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, well, I mean, the, mis- the mystery was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Mystery's over. Well, let's dig deeper into the Jedi and the Sith. So the Jedi Code promotes emotional self-control almost to the point of emotional suppression. And the Sith Code suggests letting your passion guide your actions. So we're just going to very quickly go through those codes. So the Jedi Code says there is no emotion, there's peace, there's no ignorance, there's knowledge, there is no passion, there's serenity, there's no chaos, there is harmony, there is no death, there's the force. And the Sith Code is peace is a lie, there is only passion, through passion I gain strength, through strength I gain power, through power I gain victory, through victory my chains are broken, the force shall free me. Yes. So, two very different codes. As it pertains to Buddhism and Christianity, what about those two codes resonates with you? And is one more right than the other, or do both contain some semblance of truth? Let's start with you, Nick. Yeah, I feel like both both have their issues, but if you look at um, if you look at them from each perspective, they they make sense. Um, you know, if you if you feel oppressed and misunderstood, if you desire to make things the way that you feel like they should be, mm-hmm. the Sith Code makes sense. You know, you feel like it, it's within your power to change things. Um, like the Force, as it says in the code, sets you free. Um, but the issue is that the Force is viewed as something to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like a weapon or a tool um, and isn't necessarily respected. Um, and but the Jedi on the other side they kind of stifle their emotions which is kind of unhealthy and it's probably right. what led to the Sith being <laughs> in existence in the first place right. because that's a you know it's in a person's nature to emotionally right. react to things it's almost like denominational differences <laughs> yeah uh, like but I mean What's great about the Jedi, the Jedi don't hate their enemies. Right. Like the Sith really hate the Jedi, mm-hmm. but the Jedi don't necessarily hate the Sith. And that's really beautifully illustrated in the Twin Sons episode of Rebels, um, where Obi-Wan has one final confrontation oh, with yeah. uh, Darth Maul. And obviously o- Obi-Wan wins and kills him, but he, he comforts Maul as mm-hmm. he dies because he's so... He feels so sorry for him that he spent his whole life hating Obi-Wan and like being driven completely by anger and hate. Mm -hmm. So he just like, like hold literally holds him in his arms while he's passing away. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is the man that killed his, his master, Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon Jinn. He saw him die like in very, like a very brutal fashion, Mm -hmm. but he has like this compassion for him. You know, he's not going to let Maul win, but, you know, he's not going to, like, gloat over his his death. Um, yeah. So they both have their drawbacks, but, and, like, one requires the other to exist, mm-hmm. but um, the Jedi don't let the Sith flourish. And mm-hmm. I think that's a major difference, too, is um, the Sith will push the dark side 
you know, to the four corners of the galaxy um, if they're allowed to flourish. But the Jedi keep peace. Right. And so. What about you, Rhett? What do you think? Uh, where it says there is no death, there is the Force. That's mm-hmm. something that has really um, stood out to me because I have been somebody who has really feared death and really mm-hmm. gotten a lot of anxiety out of what that means and um, facing that wall. But to think that there is the there is the Force and um, and that think more broadly about it, there is no death, but there is the Force has been something that's comforting that that we all are going to pass to something bigger than us rather than is my interpretation rather than um just going to the ground and um that's it you know uh to the do we just become dirt but actually becoming part of um a larger uh, life force is something Mm -hmm. that's really Mm -hmm. comforting at least that's how i how i have applied that statement yeah. yeah there's a piece to it yeah yeah and what do you think uh matt um i think i think it's great that people can find some good things in these codes and mm-hmm. and and use them and apply them to their life but with that said i've never been a fan of them um <laughs> they are expanded universe stuff they did not come from lucas and I think they were only brought into canon in, in in a book that came out after the purchase, Disney purchase. So like, it's not really Lucas stuff, and that, and, and I think that's why it feels kind of disjointed, and there's no clear through line of philosophy there. It doesn't really line up with, um, to me, it doesn't really line up well with with the movies. Um, yeah, because a lot of it comes from. Um, Yoda and Obi-Wan in terms of like exposition of what the Jedi code is Um, yeah 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 Um, it seems like the the Sith code is about power for plastic Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. the Jedi code at least tries to be a little more you know everything comes from the force everything returns to the force you know there's 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 a cycle there but um, it has it's um it kind of also suggests that emotion and ignorance, this world we live in with, with our emotion and, and ignorance and passion, that it's not really real, mm-hmm. but a shadow of the truth. And that's a dualistic view. Um, and that's not something that Buddhism in, uh, adheres to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, in looking at these codes, I'm with you, Nick, in the sense of like, I don't quite know where I would fit in them and like Mm -hmm. what I would embrace. Um, Going to another fandom, Harry Potter, I am a Slytherin. So (laughs) looking at um, the Sith code and just the idea of uh, passion and strength and and victory and really kind of understanding one way that that can show up is through ambition. Um, mm-hmm. So understanding that's like, well, you know, I, I I appreciate that, and I that is something that like I'm very ambitious. So, in a sense, you know, being very passionate and and, and ambitious that is appealing to me. It's something that um, 
you know, that uh, I can go into the motivation in a little bit, but looking at the Jedi code then with like no emotion, uh, no passion, no ignorance, like, cool, I can get behind that, you know, but, um, you know, some of the things I'm not connecting to, and I don't, I don't think that they fit even from a Christian perspective. Like certainly mm -hmm. we do want to pursue peace, knowledge, yeah. serenity, harmony, um, and the force, you know, the Christ likeness from a Christian perspective, those are all things we want to pursue and we want to live a life that is demonstrating like the fruits of the spirit. Um, so that is something that we do want to do in a sense that is the falling into the Jedi code, but thinking of no emotion and, uh, and no passion, though specifically, even just thinking about the word passion and where that comes from, comes from suffering. Right. And, and we think of Christ suffering on the cross, like that's where it comes from, you know, mm. and understanding um, how we use passion now as like really wanting to pursue something, but it should be to the point of suffering because that's what it means. Mm -hmm. And we know that we will suffer here on this earth. Um, that is part of, you know, we have the, the time for everything. That's part mm -hmm. of um, what we're going to experience here. Um, and and that isn't something that I think we can uh, avoid. So, and, and then the, the emotional side of it as well, like mm -hmm. no emotion. That is, I don't think something that we want to pursue is not having emotion. I think right. having... Um, maybe harsh reactions. Mm -hmm. That is something that we can pursue, pr uh, avoid, you know. Uh, but I don't think it's that we want to have no emotion or no passion. Yeah. In fact, I think kind of the opposite in that we really should be, um, you know, working as unto the Lord and and we have these gifts that we should be using and not withholding and i think of uh, a line from chariots of fire where he says you know when i run i feel god's pleasure and that's a gifting that he had was running and mm -hmm. for you know some of us it could be maybe when i write i i feel that that pleasure that like this is i'm doing what i was made to do and mm -hmm. that is passion and that is emotion um so i think it's kind of twofold and i was joking about the denominational differences. Mm -hmm. uh, I've I've been in you know a variety of, of uh, denominations and seen the denominational difference where one might be extremely legalistic and there I might see kind of a lack of emotion mm -hmm. or passion, and and then yet on the other side it might be all the emotion and all and all the passion but really no knowledge. And yeah. so trying to find the balance between the two is I think where we want to live whether we are Christians or Buddhists or whatever, like finding the balance between um, being in uh, and committed to our worldview and maybe not passionate, like maybe not, that's not the word, but, but pursuing that wholeheartedly with knowledge, together with knowledge yeah. versus just, you know, adhering to these rules without compassion or, being, you know, kind of uh, uh, light about a worldview that we claim to hold, mm -hmm. you know, and and not thinking deeply about that. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it quite fit, fits. If I can say, oh, the Jedi code is the right mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and that's the the one that fits with Christianity. I don't think I could yeah. say that. I think it's kind of a, a blending, maybe. Yeah. I think from the Jedi perspective, it's maybe what they feel is more in line with what gets them closest to the force right or more in line with the force and the will of the force right and Um, yeah i i think the the idea i think matt you had mentioned power for power's sake and with the sith code if if we're pursuing power for power's sake uh then what do we do with that and what happens when that power is taken mm -hmm. from us then what where is our value and that's something that i think about when i'm like well if i'm pursuing if I'm pursuing power and maybe it's power in a corporation and then that corporation goes under or I get fired, then where's my value? If that is my code, then do I not have value versus a Christian perspective or other perspective that would say that you humans have inherent and intrinsic value and it isn't in achieving power, but it is, it is, because of you because you exist you have yeah. value so that's what i think <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for you to jump into the the next question oh the next question yeah, <laughs> yeah. no um yeah, yeah i mean i i don't so i don't know i don't think we anyone quite agreed that we would adhere to one code or the other yeah right maybe maybe none i think matt you were in the none camp i'm in right? the none camp yeah <laughs> yeah very polarizing Yeah, they are. I mean, I I don't think that I I think making something new like Kylo Ren starting something new. (laughs) Um, Well, there there was a again, this is an expanded universe thing, but Ahsoka Tano who was just like, all right, I'm leaving the Jedi and she goes off to do her own thing and she gets white lightsabers. Ooh, Um, but that's not neither. That's canon. uh, dark. That's yeah. canon. I mean, that was, that was, you know, the Clone Wars was Lucas and then Dave Filoni. I mean, he's mm-hmm. Lucas Light. He's yeah, the, Lucas the, Jr. the, second, Lucas the Light. second coming. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. All right. Well, um, our next question, the second major difference between the Jedi and the Sith is the emphasis on self versus others. The Jedi practice selflessness while the Sith literally determine their path based on selfish ambition. There's that Slytherin. Um, (laughs) So how should Buddhists and Christians respond to those perspectives? And can those perspectives guide us? Let's go with uh, Rhett. We should be as the Jedi and practice selflessness. I actually think that this one's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Succinct. (laughs) What about you, Matt? Well, um... When I think about selflessness, I think the the part that comes home most for me is something that um, didn't even make the movie, uh, but I think was in the script of uh, Revenge of the Sith, and they cut it, and it was um, when the disembodied voice of Qui-Gon comes and visits Yoda and tells him, starts talking to him about, you know, how to become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. He says that the the Sith were, are not going to be able to achieve immortality because um, they're attached to self. He said that only comes through the release of self. It comes from compassion and love. Um, and immortality, as we, as we commonly think of it, isn't something that's really in Buddhism. But I think this notion of release of self is kind of a nod to um, 
the Buddhist doctrine of no self, which is a whole podcast into itself, but it's basically that we're all <laughs> interconnected. Um, and in Zen, there's something called the, the Bodhisattva vow, and that's a vow that we will forego personal enlightenment to save all beings, to save everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we put aside individual desires to be in service of others, and to me, that's that's the you know the Jedi's mission. Yeah, um, they at Very least much. they at least aspired to be that way. Um, they might have kind of tripped up and lost their way towards the waning eras of the Republic, but um, that's yeah. I think that's what the Jedi are. About. Yeah, but it, but they even they still thought they were in line with that. Like they. Uh, Mace Windu even says, like, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Yeah. And, like, they, but when it comes down to it, they do go to war because they think it's the best thing for the galaxy. Right. And they seem to become so fixated on the Republic. Well, the Republic is this, like, failed system, and they're just so attached to it, and they fall with it. Yeah, that's, it's most apparent, I think, the difference between the Jedi and the Sith when it comes to uh, self versus selflessness, because, like, what happens when the Jedi flourish? We see that in the earlier movies. Like, there's, uh, I mean, at least somewhat peace, justice. There's disaster relief and so on. And like, um, but where peace flourishes, there's always something in the dark gathering strength, and that's where the Sith rise up. And we see when they flourish, um, it tips too far toward like suffering and pain and oppression. Um, so, you know, with the Jedi, the balance may be off within themselves, um, but dedicating their life to the service of others and the Force ultimately makes, you know, for a better uh, community. Um, and, you know, I, I know I'm far from perfection and selfishness is in, inherent in pretty much all human beings to a certain level. Um, Did you say selfishness or selflessness? Selfishness. Okay. <laughs> um, so when, but when your focus is shifted outward towards others, I mean, we all reap the benefits mm-hmm. when you help someone else. Yeah. Um, but if I were to use like my abilities to um, subjugate other people and force them to do what I want, the only benefit is to me. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, Rhett was saying it's pretty clear right (laughs) and and there it's the Jedi went out yeah on that no for sure and I I think I noticed that uh, particularly in episode three Anakin's trying to control love and you can't control love yeah Uh, you just you just can't and 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 uh, death and death right I mean gosh like that yeah, of course we would want to control death, but we really can't and we shouldn't, and it's not for us to control. Uh, but just comparing comparing the two differences, I mean, we could pursue a life where we are being selfish, you know, selfish, selfish pursuit, and um, I think that ultimately it would be fruitless and we would still be longing for something. It would feel empty but if we're pursuing, you know, helping others and even just thinking from a Christian perspective, we have commands on how mm-hmm. we um, love God and how we love our neighbors. We are told like the first shall be last and the meek shall inherit the, the earth. Even baptism in and of itself is a dying to ourself 
and mm-hmm. being risen in this new life. And I think that we definitely do see those themes of dying to ourself and, uh, and emphasizing how we interact with others because we, and not, not only other humans, but also even just the earth and the, the animals and the creatures in there that we are supposed to be caretakers. Mm-hmm. And I think we are not doing a very good job, <laughs> but, but we, nope. we are supposed to. And yeah, I don't, I don't see how a world would thrive if it were on living according to Sith code. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be, it would just implode. In yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, the Star Wars is a very good e- example of what, what happens when Sith rule. Right. You know, it's, it's not a fun time. Yeah. Not a good time for really anyone. Yeah. That's why there's a rule of two. A yeah. rule of two because they can't can't have any more. Yeah, they just kill each other. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it's chaos. Yeah, instead of controlled oppression. <laughs> controlled <laughs> oppression. Fascism. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to point to Star Wars as a way to begin a deeper conversation about Buddhism or Christianity, what would you point to as a good place to start? And what do you find within Star Wars that resonates with you spiritually? Who do you want to start with? Let's go with Matt. Okay, well, to begin a deeper conversation about Buddhism, um, I hate self-promotion, but I would say read my books. Uh, there's <laughs> the, the Dharma of Star Wars is um, an introduction into the basic core um, tenets of Buddhism through the first six movies and the Clone Wars. And um, the Zen of R2-D2 takes place... Uh, it's like more of like a fictional thing that takes place in a Star Wars celebration and it's a long conversation about Star Wars and Zen between me and two cosplayers playing the part of R2-D2 and (laughs) C-3PO. Nice. And what about you, Rhett? I actually, I swear, I was going (laughs) to uh, point to the Dharma of Star Wars. Nice. (laughs) You've got a reader. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's good to meet you, Matthew, because I uh, actually um, read that as a teenager, and it was impactful, and um, I I would point to that book. Um, Thank you. I'm blushing. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) That's awesome. What about you, Nick? Um, I was actually, that that reminded me, um, uh, there's a friend of ours, Richard Richard Howe, Mm -hmm. wrote a book called Re- The Religion of the Force uh, with Norman Geisler. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but um, in terms of, like, talking with someone about my faith, um, it, starting, you know, using Star Wars as the jumping-off point, um, I would say, like, probably start with the Force because, um, you know, it, there's some pretty strong correlations like everything exists because of the force um the force has a will um and a plan anakin skywalker was conceived by the force that's more funny part of it i guess um and uh to be one with the force one must be uh open and accept it um Mm. and uh you know i like a quote that yoda says in um return of the jedi 
says, uh, strong am I in the force, but not that strong. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're, you're never going to be, um, you know, the best. I mean, this kind of goes for anything. Like you, you, you won't be the best Jedi. You won't be the best Christian. Um, you probably won't be the, be I, I, I don't want to assume, I don't know too much about Buddhism. There might be the best Buddhist, but <laughs> it seems like you, you know, you're always working to, you can always work to be the best, but like even like Yoda, who you consider would be the greatest Jedi of all time, you know, admits that he has fault. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a cool thing. Like even, um, you know, whether you're, um, a Christian, um, or a Buddhist, you, you can, um, show that you have you have flaws and that you're still working and that um you shouldn't necessarily um, be pushed away by anyone that's a christian or a buddhist um mm -hmm. because they're not that perfect version of what you think they're supposed to be yeah, there's know? a lot of humility in in that mm -hmm. in what yoda said it's yeah yeah you know, I, I could easily just wear my shirt that says um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and it has Darth and Luke and Obi-Wan. <laughs> so that's that's a conversation. Do you really have one? Like I that? do. Oh, that's I awesome. don't wear it at work. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would need to be in an organic way, not like, oh, you like Star Wars. Let me talk to you about Jesus. Like, that's yeah. not how I'm going to start a conversation. But if we're talking about the force and like, like oh, you know what that, and, and this is kind of a, a natural way that my mind kind of works is I talk about what, like how I connect it to something that I know or something that is very familiar to me. And like thinking about redemption, thinking about, I mean, I, I just love what um, happens between Luke and and Anakin or Darth, you know, mm -hmm. and I love that that moment there and what redemption truly looks like. And it's not deserved, you know, yeah. for for Darth. He didn't deserve that, but he was he was given that. Now, of course, it's by his son. But thinking of what that redemption is accessible and that there's nothing that we can really ever do to deserve that that to me is a very powerful scene because it reminds me of that. It makes me think yeah. of that and the audacity even to forgive someone from such atrocious be behavior, mm -hmm. but he does it. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like seeing something that shows me that redemption can be completely free without any proof just a just a a desire to be better to mm -hmm. go to go to the light side and that is enough for Luke to to be with him and like you're talking about with um Obi-Wan and Darth Maul mm -hmm. that he was there he had that compassion yeah. for him so those sorts of stories you know I can connect those to my faith easily but it would have to be in a way that I think there's kind of an, the, an invitation and a receptivity to that because I wouldn't just kind of in a receptivity to that because I wouldn't just kind of cram it down. Arguing for why this movie sucks or that one is better. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not a fun ride for anyone. So, yeah, I would just have to be kind of graciously mm -hmm. talk about it. Let the force guide you. Yes, let <laughs> the force guide me. <laughs> so is there anything that you guys want to add to the conversation about Buddhism? And Star Wars. 
Um, just in terms of what I find in Star Wars that resonates with me spiritually, I would say Yoda, mindfulness mm-hmm. and concentration. Um, Ray's touching, and just a couple of things that are cool, Ray's touching the ground mm-hmm. in The Last Jedi mirrors an iconic image of the Earth touching Buddha. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, and then um, Anakin actually in episode one identifying objects without looking um, are like how lamas, which are spiritual leaders in Buddhism, often have to identify possessions of previous knowledge without any prior knowledge. So, uh, you know, we uh, a much maligned movie is actually actually has actually I would say both movies there with from the mm-hmm. fans' perspective actually have some really incredible parallels to Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I just going back to things that I appreciate that resonate with me spiritually is um, the, the Jedi and Jedi philosophy and compassion and giving up attachments mm-hmm. and possessions. Yeah, yeah. I love that scene, by the way, where he's in front of the council doing the. Well, Mace Windu's holding the, the data pad and uh-huh. with all the images. I just, I'll forever remember that cadence that little Jake Lloyd did. <laughs> a ship, <laughs> a cup, yeah, a yep. ship, a <laughs> uh, speeder. <laughs> and they turn to right. look at each other and they're like, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's got it, but he's so dull. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us and having this fun conversation. I hope that our listeners have enjoyed it and have learned maybe a little bit about Buddhism and Christianity, maybe something they didn't know. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. Yeah. Yeah. And And I I loved that Rhett was like plugging your book, Matt. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm still blushing. (laughs) Well, remind us again where we can find you. Uh, you can find me at Facebook, uh, Matthew Bortolin, B-O-R-T-O-L-I-N. And Rhett Wilkinson uh, at Facebook, Rhett, R-H-E-T-T, Wilkinson, W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N. Also on Twitter, at Rhett Writes, R-H-E-T-T-R-I-T-S. Wonderful. Thanks again, guys, and hope to talk to you soon. Thank yes, you. thanks for having me, right. too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, we're at the end. That's it for today's show. Special thanks to Matthew and Rhett, and thanks to Sandra for hosting. For more information on how to join the Story Geeks Club, or to find out more info on the Story Geeks Network, visit thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories, and always seek the truth. Special thanks to all the members of the Story Geeks Club. You can become a part of the club for only $2 a month. Our friendly neighborhood club members get access to Jay's Almost Daily Journals, which are short podcasts he records almost daily. If you upgrade to $3 a month, you can vote on upcoming show topics and join our shows live. Special thanks to our Guardians of the Solar System contributors. At $5 a month, our Guardians of the Solar System tier... You get all our discussion questions and prompts for each show as they come out. And our guardians of the solar system are Adam Vargas, Bob Sherfield, Justin Weaver, Mary Baldwin, and Wade Johnson. At $8 a month, the tier we call our Cosmic Heroes, you get to choose an aftercast topic for every series. Our Cosmic Heroes are Jim Baldwin, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, and Ray DeLeon. 
And finally, at $19 a month, you get a free t-shirt and get to join us on... uh, And finally, at $19 a month, you get a free t-shirt and get to join us on an aftercast every single month. Our one extra special mastermind of multiverse madness is Connie Moe. We appreciate all the members of the Story Geeks Club, even those we haven't mentioned by name. If you would like to support the show by joining the Story Geeks Club, please head over to thestorygeeks.com. Thanks, and see you later.